Merry Christmas. My name is Brad Watson, and this is the Saturate Podcast's Advent devotional called Preparing Room. This is a 25-day reflective journey through the themes of Advent, as well as the themes of being the people God called us to be, so I hope that you will enjoy it. In addition to this devotional, we also have resources on Advent that I'd love for you to check out at saturatetheworld.com. One is the Advent Community Guide, which will help you have engaging conversations throughout this season as your community gets together. There's also crafts and coloring sheets for children, as well as alternative ways to use it with your children and family gatherings. So it's a great resource just to use with families as well. Also, we have a holiday missional community planning guide that will help leaders engage and plan for this season so that people will grow in your community in their love for God during this season, their love for one another in this season, and their love for their neighbor this season. So make sure you check both of those out. And with that, let's engage today's reflection. Life from a Stump As I mentioned previously, our family always cuts down a Christmas tree. Each year, we leave a stump in the ground. Uh, Something that was once growing is now dead. Uh, Stumps in Oregon are a part of life. In fact, Portland was built on the foundation of stumps and has been given the name Stump Town. Uh, Bare hillsides in Oregon, where the forestry department utilizes a strategic plan for deforestation, that, that all makes for some haunting drives as you imagine the density and the life that once filled the skies and once cast long shadows. In those plains and those areas, the stumps sort of whisper the story of a life gone by, not the story of a life to come. That's what stumps are. They're, they're, they're these images of something that used to exist that now won't, a, a plant without a future. Yet, one prominent image of Advent is the stump. The stump where you've been cut down. The stump where your soul has gone quiet. The stump where you've been destroyed. The stump is that tangible picture in everyday life that the world is not thriving, but is decaying. The the stump is that part of your life or your existence or your church or your community or your neighborhood where you say that story is over. There's no more life there. So I wonder, what are the the stumps in your daily life? Uh, What are those visible images of death, of evil, of brokenness, of sin? Isaiah 11, 1 to 10 says, Get ready for the fruitful branch that will come from that stump. It says, a shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse, and from his roots a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord, and he will not judge by why he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears. But with righteousness, he will judge the needy, and with justice, he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, 
With the breath of his lips, he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt, and faithfulness the sash around his waist. The wolf then will live with the lamb, and the leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion and the yearling together, and a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear, and their young will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like an ox. The infant will play near the cobra's den. The young child will put its hand into the viper's nest, and they will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nations will rally to him, and his resting place will be glorious. Out of the stump, out of death, there's hope. But the hope described here is a person. Yes, out of the stump will come a shoot, a frail glimmer of life that will become a branch, and then that branch will bear fruit. Then, then in verse 2, Isaiah says, him. He shifts from, from describing an inanimate object, a branch, a tree, fruit, and then he says, him. The Spirit will rest on him. From the ground of death will come a person. A person who will make things right. From a story that looks end and over will come a person who will write a complete full story. And he goes on to say that he will be wise and he will judge. He will see and he will decide. He will make peace out of war. Out of the stump will come fruit. And when he comes, death will be turned into life. He will rule and be in charge. Finally, there will be someone to care. But not not only that, it, it gets bigger. Isaiah goes on to describe the most bizarre picture of world peace. With the, the near naivete of a beauty pageant contest, Isaiah promises that the shoot from the stump, he will make wolves sleep with lambs and calves snuggle up with lions. The children, the the child will lead a parade of these wild animals that are opposed to one another, that bears and cows will eat together, that the hunted and the hunter will live at peace, that the world will no longer be at odds with itself. While this passage speaks a message of great hope, and it sits really in the pantheon of must-quote Christmas passages, I find that Christians are often bored with it, that it doesn't do anything for them. If anything, it, it doesn't describe a life longed for in Jesus, but a life that's already been received through the power of the holy supermarket. through the wisdom of Wall Street, through the the counsel of consumerism, and through the knowledge and the fear of the other. In fact, I, I frequently encounter Christians that have little use for the kingdom of God coming. 
In fact, it unnerves them to imagine this world making its way for the world of Jesus. It makes them nervous to imagine their world and the peace that they've established being pushed aside for the peace that Jesus brings. And perhaps you're such a Christian. And you, with the help of a few others, have already built a peaceful kingdom. And you hope that things stay the same. If God wants to add a cherry on top and make it special and sweet, so be it. Especially if it comes in the package that you envision and it can fit snugly under your tree alongside the other purchases you've made. So long as it fits the decorative tastes of your kingdom. See, the the hope described in the Bible feels like a luxury for the put together. The hope of lion and lamb and someone who come would judge uh, rightly and, and make judgments and decrees for the poor and the vulnerable and piece together all that's broken. That sounds like just a luxury to the self-sufficient, to the self-made safe, to the secure, to the stable. Hope for the independently secure is like fine jewelry to wear around the house. It's like the, the orange that you put into your stocking on Christmas morning and you're not sure why. It's just a nice accent piece for an already thriving life. And so I I wonder, is the hope of Christ's coming just a garnish? But to a person who lives in chaos, who breathes in the atmosphere of injustice, who tarries in the tyranny of trauma, hope is currency. Hope that injustice will become justice. Hope that death will become life. Hope that war will become peace. Hope that Wounds will become wholeness. Hope for Christ's coming for the needy is the foundation of life. It's the thing that must be cling to to see and taste life. Isaiah 11, 1 to 10 is that kind of hope. That kind of steadfast longing for out of the stump to see life. But it isn't generic, blind hope. Its focus is on a king who is coming to bring justice, to make wrong things right, sick things healthy, outsiders, insiders. Are you longing for that kind of a king? Is that your hope? See, your level of expectation and longing for Jesus' kingdom is the barometer of your soul towards God. I'm convinced one of the main reasons we struggle to embrace our identity as missionaries in the church is because we don't think we need the hope that we're sharing. We would be fine without God's arrival in Jesus. We would be fine with our Jobs that we already have and our wise decisions and our houses and our things and the families that we've put together, we would be fine. We we think underneath it all without Jesus. 
Maybe those people over there need the hope. And so we try to muster the energy to share the hope of God. But all the while, we think we are pretty self-sufficient good people. But we aren't. All we've done is cover the stump. We've built our lives on the stump. The truth is that we're dead without him. The things that we turn to for comfort and security don't provide either. They don't give you real comfort or real security. That's why you're anxious and afraid and worried and stressed. But here is the good news. It's found in verse 9 and 10. It says, The earth shall be filled with the knowledge of Yahweh as the waters cover the sea. And in that day, the root shall stand as a sign to all the people. The nations shall come and ask about him. His resting place will be glorious. It will happen. Seeing here in these verses, the earth will be saturated with the knowledge of Jesus. That the people of the world will ask about him. That the resting place, his tomb, that's a a sign of where he will die, his resting place will actually be filled with glory. And everyone will know and come to know and see and declare with their mouths the name of Jesus, the only hope. All the things that we've put our hope in will fade away. All the things we've put our security in will disappear and we will see and we will come to know the glory of a God who came to earth. The glory of a God whose tomb, whose resting place is filled with glory. That from the stump, from a, from a burial site will come life. Out of death will come resurrection. See, the the end of this passage, verse 9 and 10, are about the glory of God's coming death and resurrection. And that is how he will establish a kingdom where all brokenness and wicked and injustice is made whole. So do you need that hope? Is the hope of Jesus' coming a force that invades your entire life? Or is the hope of Jesus simply an added feature to your kingdom? Wait, before you go, I just want to say a few things about a new resource that's come out recently called The Gospel Basics for Kids. It's an amazing resource that we hope that you'll check out. It's for preschool-age children, and it guides these kids through discussions and story and music and crafts and illustrations and coloring sheets, all to introduce these young children to the important discipleship uh, realities of gospel, identity, rhythms, and essentially the way that we teach and train and disciple adults, we're doing it for kids because our children are not the disciples of the future. They're the disciples of today. And so go to saturatetheworld.com or amazon.com to learn more about the gospel basics for kids and get your copy.